0: I'm going to talk about walking by faith, not by sight. I say walking by faith, not by sight. In the current situation where we find ourselves, not just in South Africa, but all around the world, it's easy to walk by sight, you see? The chaos in many countries, Uh, uh, people are going through tough times. Financially, things are not the way they used to be. Things are tough. Things are tough. And the most difficult of all is that it seems or it feels that prayers are not answered. It feels like people are praying, and they don't see what they are praying for. You see, the greatest challenge we have is when we come to a place where it feels that God is not talking to us. You see, sometimes we have we burning things, subject, and we want to hear from God now. And we don't hear. Sometimes it feels like we take matter to hands and say, Listen. Let me do something. Because if I don't do something, I'm going to die. Experiences have become more real. Hallelujah. We all say God is good. But the reality, I'm not talking about the truth, the reality is that many Christians don't experience when we say God is good. The Lord showed me, I know a person, but I'm going to give the experience. The Lord showed me, I saw somebody. It's like the person went to a country. And one person got there, people wanted to arrest him or her. Like I said, I'm talking in parable. So, somebody came and hit that person on the head. And the person started to fight. Although they were fighting. Fighting. Then they put people to just spy on the person, his movement and stuff. And the person has to disguise him or herself into another color. Let's say if a person was black, the person put thing on him so that he can look like a white person. And the person who was white put thing so that he can look like a black person to pass through the airport. And I couldn't understand. And I said, Lord, what is that? And the Holy Spirit told me that Christians in these days are living a lie. It means the true reflection of a thing is underneath. And they put on other colors so that they may be able to progress. So he said some of them, they are not. They are to escape situation. They have to put on a face. They They have to make as if. So that people will not judge them. So that they won't be arrested by the people. But he told me that if the rain comes, that colors falls away and the true color appears. And he says sometime the rain, we know that in scripture the rain talks about blessing, but there was a rain that talked about curse. The reign of Noah. You remember, the reign of Noah was a blessing for Noah, but was a curse for the people of the land. So God wants me to speak this morning how to navigate through the storms of life in order to be yourself and not be somebody else. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to deal with. And I'm going to read the scripture just to, to tell you where the scripture is. It's 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 7. I want you to go there quickly. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith. Not by sight. But let's take a bit deeper. Let's go from verse 5 so that you can understand what the apostle was just trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Now, he who was prepared as for this very thing who also has given us a spirit as a guarantee. Yes? Verse 7. Verse verse 6, so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. And then he said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, the apostle Paul was talking about the reality of heaven. He was talking about the resurrection. He was talking about the new body that we'll have. And the apostle Paul was saying to the people, that right now we can't see those things. But what we don't see does not mean it does not exist. Listen, there is a difference between things that don't exist and things that are unseen. Hallelujah. So, whatever we don't see with our natural eyes does not mean it does not exist. There is a reality deeper than our, spirit, our, our physical eyes. The Apostle Paul put it this way in the book of Ephesians, chapter number one. If you read from verse 15, it said that since I've heard of you, it said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened. So that you may comprehend with all the saints. Now, what do we comprehend? So that we comprehend the riches of his glory of the inheritance in the saints. So the apostle Paul was talking about a reality that cannot be perceived by the natural eyes, but could only be perceived by the spiritual eyes. Hallelujah. So, what does it mean to walk by sight? When you say we are walking by sight, walking by sight means to walk according to the natural circumstances. So when people say you are walking by sight, it means you are walking according to the natural circumstances, according to fact, not truth. It means you are walking according to your senses. So you walk according to fact, not truth. You walk according to your circumstances. And you walk according to what you perceive in the natural. Hallelujah. What you perceive in the natural, that's what you walk according to. Now, in 2nd Kings chapter number 6, verse 15 to 17. 2 Kings 6, 15 to 17. Do you understand walking by sight? Is to walk according to the natural circumstances, is to walk according to fact, not truth, and is to walk according to what you perceive with your natural eyes. He said, And when the servant of a man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots, and his servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who, for those who are with them. Hallelujah. Let's go on. And Elisha prayed, he said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of a servant, of a young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, can I submit to you that the guy was not blind? So what was that prayer to open his eyes? So it means that the guy was seeing in the natural. He saw the army around them that was coming to capture them. That's what he saw. And he said to Elisha, Master, we are doomed. We are done. Now, isn't that a true statement? It was true. The opposite army was there. The Syrian were there. He saw them. He saw them. So he was walking by, by sight. God gave us our eyes so that we may be able to move in the natural. Hallelujah. God gave us both eyes so that we may be able to perceive things, to see things around us. But there is another principle. Hallelujah. There is another principle that Elisha had and the young men did not. Now, what is interesting is that Elisha didn't say, Lord, create in him eyes. He said, open them. It means the eyes were there. The eyes were not created. They were not created. They were already there. So what was the problem? They were blind, but the eyes were there. Can I submit to you that everybody that is born of God has the eyes of a spirit? Amen. Now, the reason that we don't see with them is that not that they are not there, but something is preventing them to see. They are spiritual diseases. The same way you can be born perfect eyes but when you grow up you can have cataract and all this things that grows on your eyeball and you stop seeing the same way spiritually it's like that what are the cataracts in the spirit? It's your circumstances so what you are going through has the ability to blind you because your reality becomes so bigger than what God says, that you are blinded to what he's saying. Now then, what is the opposite of walking by sight? The opposite is to walk according to the eyes of the spirit. Now, what does it mean? It means that we walk according to God's realities, not according to what we perceive. It's a a very... Easy but very difficult concept. Because I cannot, it's difficult to make you believe that where you are seated is not a chair. (laughs) How do I convince you that the chair you are sitting on there is not that chair that is holding you? Imagine you, somebody comes to your office. Say, sir or madam, I have come to tell you something. Say, yes. You say, the chair chair you are sitting on there is not what is holding you. Or he got your office and said, I want to tell you something. Yes, you are not sitting here. Say, but I am. Say, no, you are not. But I am then you start to think that the guy has a mental problem. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? So walking by the Spirit, the Bible says it's foolishness for those who are perishing. So when you say you are walking by the Spirit, according to the standard of this world, they will call you a fake, they will call you a fool, they will call you a liar. You see how many times people have blamed us from lying, for lying for, to people when we say they are healed. They say these people are liars. Why do they say we are liars? Because what we are talking about is spiritually discerned. It's not naturally discerned. Hallelujah. So, Let's go to Hebrews. So walking by faith. What is faith? Let's go to Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 1. Hebrews 11, verse 1. I want you to take it step by step with me. I'm excited about this. Because I know we're going to be set free. It said, now faith is. Somebody say, now faith is. Now faith is Ver. Substance, not a substance. Look at the construction. That's why I like to study the word with the way it was written. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for. Faith is not substances. It's a faith is the substance of the things, the things. I, I want you to follow me. We should have said, faith is the substances of the things. But I says faith is the substance of the things. So it means that there is one substance for everything you hope for. Do you get that? So if you are hoping for salvation, there is the same substance that makes you inherit salvation. If you are hoping for finances, the same substance applies to. (laughs) So the same substance applies for every area of life. Hallelujah. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So also, there is one evidence. Ah, yeah, check, check, check. It's not the evidences. Hallelujah. So it means the substance becomes the evidence. So, where is that substance? We need to find the substance. Because if we know the substance, we will know the evidence. And if we know the evidence... We will understand that this thing works for everything. Hallelujah. So, faith, substance is the embodiment. It's an embodiment, it's, a, it's a, it was, it, the things that upon which something is constructed. Hallelujah! So substance is like the structure of a house. Hallelujah! So you see this building, okay? You guys home, you don't see it, but you can see it in your spirit because we have been here. Now you see the building that we call the center. This building, we see the bricks, but something is holding the bricks. There is a structure. And that structure is a substance. Hallelujah. That structure is the substance. Now, what is that? The Bible says, faith comes by and hearing the word. Ah, we're getting somewhere. Faith comes by and hearing the word. So that tells us that the substance he's talking about here is what? The word. So let's rewrite Hebrews chapter number 11 verse 1. Let's rewrite it. It says, now faith is the word. Hallelujah. The word of the things hoped for. So it means whatever you hope for, the substance is the word that you got. So faith is a, is the word of the things hoped for, the word of the things not seen. <laughs> So 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 when you have hope, your hope should be based on a substance. When you have things that you don't see, there should be based the evidence of what's saying is a word that you have. So when you have a evidence, you can claim that you have a thing. Hallelujah. I hope you understand what I'm trying to teach you. So so, so, so faith, huh? faith becomes interesting. Look at what James tells us. James chapter number 2, verse 14 to 17. Read it and it will, it will show you something. James 2, 14 to 17. And I'll tell you what the Bible is not saying and what the Bible is saying. Huh? James chapter number 2. Are you excited? James chapter number 2, verse 14 to 17. It says, what does it profit My brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? 17. Thus also faith by itself. If it does not have works, it's dead. Okay. Now, when we read this scripture, we think the focus is on the poor brother. So they are saying that God said we must help the poor because if we don't help them, what are we doing? That's not what he's saying. It's an analogy. He's trying to tell you that the same way you cannot just say somebody, to somebody you have food, go eat, and he does not have food. The same way you can't say you have faith and you don't have deeds. So he's saying that unless your faith is embodied, it's not faith. So he, he's telling you that Your faith, there there must be corresponding action to your faith. So for you to embody the word of God, you need to do the word of God. So he's saying, you cannot say, I am healed, and you are sleeping, and you are lying on your bed. So he said, if you say, I am healed, do something about it. Haven't I mean, you realized that Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda? And the pool of Bethesda, <laughs> if you read the history of it, you realize it's not a Christian pool. It was a pagan pool. I was reading and I was surprised. It was a, it was a, a belief in those days. It worked for them, but it was not God that brought the pool. So Jesus went there, saw a man that is lying there for 38 years. And when I I read that, I was shocked because some of us, we have pools of Bethesda in our churches. And the origin of a pool of Bethesda is not Christian. Hallelujah. So, so it means that it means that it was not the water. The faith was put in the wrong place. Hallelujah. So Jesus came there. He see a man that is sick and is crippled for thirty-eight years. Jesus came and said to the man, "Do you want to be healed?" Then the man pointed out to the water. And Jesus said, no, it's not in the water. It's in front of you. And Jesus says, stand up. How do you stand up when you are crippled? I mean, if a man could stand, he wouldn't spend 38 years eh? So it means he couldn't stand. Why do you think Jesus challenged him to stand? Why do you think that? Because by trying to stand, he's working his faith. And the moment he tried it, it worked. Because when he tried it, the word became the substance that held him. Hallelujah. So when you have a word, you have a substance and you have an evidence. So that's why people say, I know the word is real, I I trust the word, but my situation. You know why they say Because they don't know about the principle of the evidence that the word is the evidence. They think the dream is the evidence. Or they think, when I, I got it in my hand, then I got the evidence. No, the evidence, you got it when you got the word. Hallelujah. So, we do not walk by faith because our experiences are more real to us than the Word of God. And people say, but you know what? I've done that before, it didn't work. You know why it didn't work? Because you are ignorant. You cannot try the Word in ignorance and it works. It doesn't work. Actually, you don't try. When you try, it will not work. You do. Hallelujah. People say, oh, I'm not well. The word of God says, I'm well. Oh, let me try to see Africa I can stand. You will fall. You know why you will fall? Because you are just trying. Hallelujah. When you are healthy and you want to stand, you don't have a doubt that your feet will hold you. So if your health is an evidence to you that you can stand, what about the words? So it means that you have made your your health a more real thing than the word of God. When you get this principle you become like a violent man in the spirit. Yes. Yes. We thought these people were so anointed that did those things. And the Lord told me it was not anointing. It was the word. That, you see, this principle I'm teaching, they understood it. Look at somebody like Smith, who goes with He met a crippled man in the street. Yeah, we are not at that level yet. The guy was in the mall, he was kippo. And Smith told him, I'm going to the lift there. If you can find me there, when we come out, you are walking. So the guy just called to the lift, and he found Smith there. And Smith told him, when the door closed, Smith said, stand up. The guy looked at him, he said, yes, stand up. And he helped the guy, the guy stood up. When the lift opened, the guy was walking. You think, who Smith. The Bible says Elijah was a man like us. Today I want to challenge us to another dimension of the things of the Spirit. We should not be imprisoned by the reality of this world. We have become slaves of our own small realities. We cannot rise above the circumstances. And if we are not going to arise above the circumstances, we will not make it. Let me take you to the book of Jeremiah. We're going to read a couple of scriptures. And then uh, after that, we go to the book of Numbers. And then we're done. Hallelujah. Are you getting something? Jeremiah chapter number 32. we read from verse 1 to 2. Jeremiah 32, verse 1 to 2. Let's go very quickly. He said the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the, the word That came to Jeremiah from the Lord. The word that came. Uh, Do you read it? The word. What came to him? So the word travels. So the word is not stagnant. So the word has movement. So the word has feet or has wings. Hallelujah. So the word that we read here has life. Jesus says that the word I speak to you are spirit and life. John 6, 63. Now, the word came. My God, the word came. I can stop and preach for this for a month. The word came. (laughs) The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar. For then... The king of Babylon army besieged Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of prison, which was in the king's, which, which was in the king of Judah's house. Now, Jeremiah has been put to prison by the king of Judah because he prophesied something they didn't like. So Jeremiah, the custodian of the word, was in prison. And the word came to him where? In prison. So the word is not intimidated by your circumstances. No. The word of God is not intimidated by what you are going through. It can come to you in your bed. (laughs) It can come to you. In your lack of finances, it can come to you. In your distress, it can come to you. In your homes, in your marriage situation, in your situation of your children, the word of God can come. Say, I'm expecting the word. The word can walk to you. Ha, la, 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 la. The word can come to you. So whenever I'm lying on my bed, I say, Lord, where is the word? Let the word come. Let, I'm expecting the word of God 24 hours, 7. I'm telling you. I'm walking. When I'm praying in tongues, I'm expecting the word. I'm expecting something new. I'm expecting God to explain to me something new. And he starts to explain to me. And, and, and it's so amazing. Hallelujah. Now, let's read from verse 6 to 9. Verse 6 to 9. We keep it in Jeremiah okay? He said, and Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, so it means the word speaks. The word does not just move, it speaks. So we are seeing the word can walk. The word can fly. (laughs) The word can come anytime. But then we are seeing when it comes, it speaks. So the word has a mouth. Hallelujah. And he said, behold, Anani, Ananel, or Anamel, the son of Shalom, your uncle, will come to you. So the word is predicting what is going to happen, my Lord. The word came and said to Jeremiah, this is what is going to happen. Uh, uh, Anamel shall come to you. And he will say, buy my field which is in Anatoph. For the right of redemption is yours to buy it. Hallelujah. Let's go. Then Anamel, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of prison according to the word of the Lord. So the word predicts. I want you to take all this. The word speaks. The word predicts. And when the word predicts, what the word predicts comes to pass. Now, by the time the word came to Jeremiah, Anamel was in his house. He was just thinking, and the word has already spoken. So God is not surprised by what is happening to you. It's because we think God is surprised that you take those decisions that we are not supposed to take. God knows. Somebody say God knows. Let's go on. We are reading. It says, so he came to me according, in the court of a prison, according to the word of the Lord. So, so, don't take it off. Now, what is amazing to me is that he was in prison. The word went to him to prison, and the word sent somebody to come and visit him in prison. And the word put what the person must say in the mouth of the person. Ah. So, so, so in prison, in prison, you are alone. Imagine you are in prison. For doing the work of the Lord or for doing good, you go, you go to prison. What shall be your attitude? You will fall in bitterness, frustration, condemnation, Resentment. Jeremiah was there, and the word went to him, the word spoke to him, the word sent an Amal. And Amal came and said what the word says, and he says, please buy my field that is in Anatov, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is yours. Now, the men came and just repeated what God has told Jeremiah but before he comes, Jeremiah had to believe a word. Remember when God spoke to Jeremiah that Anamel will come, Anamel has not come yet. Jeremiah believed, and Anamel came. And Anamel repeated what he said. Let's read from let's read the verse 25. Verse 25. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 25. He said. Jeremiah is talking to God now. He said, You have said to me, O oh Lord, buy the field for money and take witness. Yet the city has been given into the hands of the Chaldeans. Huh. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard? For me, stop there. The word that came to Jeremiah was in contradiction to the circumstances. Jeremiah was in prison. The city is under siege. And God said to Jeremiah, go into real estate business. You don't understand. This place Has been besieged. We're going, we're we're going to be deported because that's what God said to Jeremiah. We're going to deport you to Babylon. So the reason why Jeremiah was in prison, because he told the king, don't fight, surrender. Now the same Lord came and said to Jeremiah, You see this place, engage into business, buy a land. Okay, how does it match with what? First, you told me we're going to be deported. Now you come back, are you confused? Have you realized that sometimes the word God gives you does not match your system? When He speaks to you, the reality that you are going through is speaking against what God says. In a way that after some time you start to doubt if it's really be the Lord that spoke to you. Because your circumstances will cry louder to intimidate you not to believe the word of God. So God said to Jeremiah, I'm the God of all flesh. What does it mean? I can turn the heart of men wherever I want to and I can turn situation around the way I desire to turn it because I am God. Say, is there anything too hard for me? People, is there anything too hard for the God that you are serving? What we believe, oh, what we believe is too hard is because of our limited mind. We can't dream with God anymore because we are afraid that we will be disappointed. Do you know that some people, even some are sitting here, you, you don't want to pray for people anymore because it feels like, uh-uh, I don't know. I don't know, I don't want to deceive them. Even when you are proclaiming your faith, your heart tells you You lie. So you are, you are in another color. Hallelujah. Remember the vision I said that I say they hit the head of that person? And you know that your head is your, the way you function. You reflect. So what does it mean? That your thinking has been compromised. Because when they hit your head, it's... That your thinking is now compromised. You are not thinking straight anymore. Hallelujah. He said, God, you can't tell me, ah, in this South Africa where things are going bad, you can't tell me to invest. Lord, you can't tell me that I will make it. I don't know if I will even keep my job. I don't know if I will be retrenched. I don't know. And the Lord say you will prosper. How does it work? How does it work? But let's go to verse 42 to 44. Verse 42 to 44. Are you here with me? Praise God. For that said the Lord, just as I have brought all this great calamity on these people, so I will bring on them all the good that I have promised them. So it means that they had a promise. Come on. They had a promise that I will bless them. Then they were in captivity. So what does it sound like? God makes you a promise, I'm going to bless you financially, and then the next moment you lose everything. Can you picture that? God said you're going to be blessed financially, and the next day you lose your car. You you are about to lose even your house. And God said, I'll bless you financially. And then the same God come and say, listen, because you are blessed, I want you to give money away. Ah, this is not this is confusing now. God said, I'll do the good. I have promised. So they had the promise, but the reality was different from the promise. How many people have some promises, but what you are going through is far from the promise? Hallelujah. You know you have a promise, but what you are going through is far from the promise. Then let's continue. He said, and fields will be bought in this land of which you say it is desolate without man or beast. It has been given into the hands of the Chaldeans. So keep it, don't take it off. Keep it, don't take it off. Go to 44 and keep it there. Now, you know the interesting thing. God said to Jeremiah, People are afraid. Buy the land. Do you understand that in that place the land is cheaper than it's supposed to be? So it was an investment for future. Because when they come back, you can sell that same land double the price. So God is a God that sees the future. So he gives you the promise so that you can embody the promise... And not work according to the circumstances. And work according to the promise. And then when you are at a place where the promise is fulfilled, it's worth more than anything else. You know, this is a good strategy of business. In the beginning of the year, when I said to the people, invest into real estate. Do farming business. They didn't understand. Now there is food shortage in KwaZulu-Natal. Imagine, imagine if you have supply. You can give some away, you can sell some, you can make a killing. And right now, because people are in trouble, you make them a ridiculous offer they accept. So you buy a house. And in a few years' time, the value goes up. God is the God of plans. So in this South Africa, when things are chaotic, it's the time for you. Oh, you don't check what I'm saying. I say when things are seemingly chaotic, it's your time. Because you are not working according to what you see. You work according to what God says. And verse 44 says, men will buy fields for money. Sign deeds and seal them. Sign what? So it's not one deed. So it means that although the scripture feels like it's one lane, it was many deeds. <laughs> it says seal them and take witness in the land of Benjamin, in the places around Jerusalem. In the places. Around Jerusalem. So God was not giving one place to Jeremiah, places. In the city of Judah, in the city of the mountain, in the city of the lowland, and in the city of the south, for our cause, the captive to return, save the Lord. So God gave him the business scope. Say, you're going to get land around Jerusalem, you're going to get them there because all these people will come back and buy it from you. Do you understand that in the land of chaos, it's a land of opportunities? Hallelujah. Do you understand that? That when things are going tough, it's opportunities. So that's why we don't walk according to the circumstances. We walk according to what God is showing. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And all that was created was created. And without the Word, nothing that was created was created. Genesis chapter number 1 says that in the beginning God created heaven and earth. He said the Word, the word was formless. And the water was covering the surface of the deep. And God said. So the substance of creation was the word. Hallelujah. That's why God was not intimidated by the darkness. Because he had the substance. You have the substance. All the thing you hope for, the substance is there. And the substance is the word. And the word needs to be spoken, and the word needs to be embodied and walk. Look at Jesus. The Bible says that, in John chapter 4, the Bible says that God is spirit. God is spirit. But God could not come on earth as a spirit. It need the spirit need to have a body. And the spirit had the body, and the body, plus the spirit was called the word. Hallelujah. When the word came into the body, when the spirit came into the body, they say it became the word. Because say the word that we have seen, the one that we have touched, what we have handled, the word that was from the beginning. That dwelt among us. So the body of Jesus plus his spirit became the word. Jesus said, have faith in God. And have faith in me. So where, was, where is our faith placed? The word. So what is the substance of our faith? The word. Glory. I say glory. Let's finish this thing. Let's finish it off. Let's go to the book of Numbers. Numbers, I want us to read from verse 13, uh, Numbers 13, from verse 26 to 33. Numbers 13, 26 to 23. Now, They departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel. Now, we are talking about the spy that Moses turned into the promised land when they came back, okay? And they show them the fruit. Hallelujah. Uh, Let's see, let's let's start again, okay? Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation. Now, they brought what? Words. So they brought a substance. (laughs) Hallelujah. They brought an evidence, the word. It said, and to the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. So the fruit was not the evidence. It's the word that they brought that was the evidence. Okay, let's carry on. Then they told him, And said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its its fruit. Nevertheless. Somebody say nevertheless. Nevertheless. (laughs) Nevertheless. The people who dwell in the land are first evidence. The cities are second evidence. And very, third evidence. Moreover, now we nail it. Moreover, we saw the descendant of Anak The word Anak in Hebrew means giant. It's not a name. Anak means giant. So we saw the giant there. That's good. So, where are we now? Verse 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Itaits the Jebusite, and the Amorite dwell in the mountain. So even they have located where every people is staying. Let's go. So it means you cannot go in the mountain, you will be killed. You cannot go in the valley, you will be killed, so there is no land to inherit. And they said, and the Canaanite dwell by the sea, so you can't escape to the seaside. The Amorite, the Canaanite, along the bank of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted them before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take position, for we are well able to... So, there were two reports. Two evidences. The word of the ten and the word of two other people. Caleb and Joshua. Let's go on. But the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against these people for they are stronger than we. So what are they doing? There is one evidence that is trying to quench the other evidence. So it means that the reality is trying to quench the spirit. Because the spirit was saying, you can make it. The reality says, are you not, do you not see what is happening? Can't you, can't you think? Then they go on. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, "The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitant." So they have even uh, they have studied that land so much that they know the ability of that land devours. (laughs) And all the people whom we saw in. Are men of great stature. So they, they, no, it's a—it's it's, its a meticulous study. They went there in the study of the people. Now let's go. There we saw the giants. The descendant of Anna came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. My question remains, did the giant see them? How do they know what the giant saw? Fear. Fear. So, the word of the Spirit was in the mouth of Caleb, which was the evidence of God. And the current reality was with the ten people. Guess who people believed? So, man has tendency to believe the reality More than the truth. Caleb was telling them, we are able to take these people. I said, no, 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 no. Haven't you heard? That when you are on ventilation with Corona, you don't come back. Then we say, I think the Lord has shown me he will die. (laughs) You see, I feel for the medical... People. They know so much that it's difficult for them sometimes to bypass what they know. Have you realized that it's difficult for doctors, and not all the doctors, but for many doctors to believe that God can heal? Do you know why? Because the reality is too much. The knowledge is too much, and that knowledge is the knowledge of the garden of Eden. It's not the knowledge of a word, it's the knowledge of a garden. People are still eating from the, from the fruit of the garden of knowledge of evil and good. They are still eating from that. And as long as they eat from that, they won't be able to eat from the tree of life. So the battle that we are having that from which tree are you eating? People, what, which tree are you eating from? The tree of life or the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Which three? Caleb said, listen, what I like with Caleb, he did not deny that they were giants. Because that's why some Christians say. Christians want to deny realities in order to obtain. It's the wrong thing. You understand? They say, don't speak it. Don't speak it. Because they want to deny it. But as long as you deny it, you cannot find a solution for it. So Caleb didn't say there was no giant. He just said we will overcome them. So it's not when you say, I'm not sick that you are healed. No. It's when you say, I understand this sickness, but I know that my God is able. And I will Walk out of this sickness. That's what we call the Christian talk. This, this, this sugar-coated talk that people are teaching you, is not really from Scripture. Amen? Jesus said to the man, do you want to see? He was telling the men you are blind. Come on. If somebody comes to me today, do you want to see, I, I will ask him, do you mean spiritually? Because I see. So the fact that Jesus said to the man, do you want to see or do you want to walk? He was telling him, you are crippled. He was not denying the fact that the man was crippled. But he was offering the solution to the fact, to the fact that he was crippled. Instead of trying to speak this way, let's bring solution. Let's speak solution, but not let's try to deny what we are going through. I know I'm going through tough time, but I know that my redeemer lives. I know the situation is not good, but I know in my spirit, God has given me grace to overcome. Hallelujah. A preacher told this story, and it was so amazing. A woman had cancer. And he told her, you have cancer. she said, no, I don't have cancer. He said, no, you do. No. She was crying. And he said, but man, the Lord is telling me you have cancer. No. Don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. He said, why? My preacher told me I shouldn't say it. He said, but the Lord is telling me you have Says that to the woman that, do you understand that you are experiencing cancer now? Yeah, I know. He says, okay. So the Lord says, he's taking it away from your body. And the woman got healed. Hallelujah. So you are experiencing things. Be honest about them. I'm experiencing it, but that's not the end of the story. The truth is, because this is a factor, the truth is God has already perfected me. And I walk according to what God has done. Hallelujah. Let's read the last scripture in Numbers 14, verse 6 to 9. Numbers 14, verse 6 to 9. Hallelujah! You say, but Joshua the son of Nun of Nan and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes because of a bad report, and people were crying. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, "The land we pass through to spy out is." An exceedingly good land. Say it's a good land. It's a good land. They knew the giants were there, but they still confessed it's a good land. They did not deny the presence of a giant, but they knew they could overcome them. Let's go. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. And their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. When you fear a situation, you cannot overcome it. He said, the land is a good land flowing with milk and honey. The other people saw the milk and honey, but the reality of a giant clouded the milk and honey. Caleb and Joshua saw the giant, but the reality of a milk and honey clouded the giants. You know what I mean? So the goodness of God should cloud your problems. So it's not that you don't see the problem, but the bigness of God Make it the way that the problem is not a factor anymore. And you know that doesn't matter how big the big problem looks, you have a bigger God. It doesn't, doesn't matter how chaotic the situation looks, you have a God of order. He said, "The protection has departed." No, no, I love the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word does not talk really. It's for us to understand that's why the English translated like. that. The Hebrew says, "The shadow is gone." Say <laughs> the shadow is gone. But can I submit to you that shadow happens when there is light. So in darkness, there is no shadow. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, so the presence of light means understanding. The presence of light means vision. The presence of light means future. So these people, they didn't have vision anymore. They didn't have future anymore. Their shadow was gone. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. The shadow is gone. And they said, do not fear them. They are not in the light anymore. God is not with them. Hallelujah. God is not with them. So people... I want us to have a spirit of Joshua and Caleb. That is a walk by faith. Where we don't see, we don't consider the problem anymore, but we consider God. We don't deny the problem, but we don't consider it. Hallelujah. God in the midst of it all. And now when we walk, we walk With a word which is a substance. So when you have a substance, you can start to rejoice because you have it. Say, I have it. Doesn't matter how long it takes, I have it. I say, I have it. In the name of Jesus, I have it. So you can start to speak what the word says and act what the word says. We perform the word. We demonstrate the word. We are like, uh, uh, how do you call these people? We are like modeling the words. Hallelujah. You know, you can see a, a dress on a mother and it attracts you so much because it fits so perfectly. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's suitable to the mother, But if you try to put it on your body, and there's a bit of a difference of shape. <laughs> Not too much. Just a bit. <laughs> it will mess up the dress. What do I mean? You cannot take the word of somebody else and fit it to you. You need to seek God for your own embodiment of reality of the word. That fits you. So when you are modeling it, people envy you. And they want the same but it does not fit them because the hip is not the same. (laughs) Hallelujah. So we can't do that. You know, I go to the mall and I feel so discouraged because of some people. The body does not allow them to wear tight, but they wear it and they are confident. And I know this cloth is repelling you, but you don't know it. Seek what suits you. The word, the spirit is like that. The word is for everybody, but the word is specific to every person. Hallelujah! So the moment you, the moment you you get the word in your spirit, Hallelujah and you start to model that word, people will celebrate you because you have found a perfect fit. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter what is going on around you, you can rise higher today. And I said there is hope. I said there is hope. And our hope is the word. Our hope is Jesus Christ doesn't matter what you are going through this morning. I have come here as a messenger of hope to tell you that God said it's not done yet. It's not over yet. There might be giants in the land, but there is milk and honey. Focus on the milk and honey. And what do you do? You will kill the giants. You know, the reason why I said they didn't deny the giants, because if they denied them, they couldn't kill them. You can't kill something that does not exist. Hallelujah. So, so when you say the sickness is not there and we are praying for healing, what are you praying for? Now, if you say there is no sickness in me, naturally you don't pray to be healed. But if you say, I understand that this sickness is trying to get into my body, is there, but now I know better. Because Romans chapter number 8, verse 11 says if a spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me it shall give life to my oh no I thought he was saying you shall give life to your living body so he acknowledged the state of your body it's a mortal body but he said he will give life to it I I want to tell you that faith cannot work if you are not working according to God's mind the Bible says that the earth was formless Is not that an acknowledgement He said darkness was over the face of the deep. Who spoke that word? God. Was he confessing? No, he was just describing the reality of the circumstance. But he said there is a higher truth. Hallelujah. I know the principle of confessing the word. I know the principle. But I know the principle of acknowledging what is happening and overcoming by grace. So today I'm not here, I'm not saying everything else is false, no. But I'm preaching another side. And we have preached the other side where we told you to confess. Now we're preaching the other side that says you acknowledge and you defeat it. Acknowledgement does not mean that you are defeated. They say there was chaos. There was darkness. And the Spirit says, let there be light. Now, what I'm trying to tell you is when you acknowledge, you have a solution. You can't go before God and say, Lord, I have a sound mind. No, you say that for yourself. When you go before God, you say, Lord, I'm troubled. You understand? You can't lie to God. You go before God, you can't go before God and say, no, God, I have a sound mind. You confess that for yourself. But when you go before God, you can say, God, my mind is troubled. But I know what you have said, that I have a sound mind. Therefore, make the soundness of my mind a reality in the natural. That's how you pray. People go before God confessing words. No, God is a word. What word can you confess to him? The word you are confessing is for you. But when you are before God, you tell him. Hallelujah. The reason why we say don't go out there and say it because they can't help you. Hallelujah. But when you go before God, you say what you are going through. Lord, I am broke. I need finance. You can't go before God. I am rich. I have. So why do you ask? <laughs> Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. We are vulnerable before God, but strong before the people. So, the confession we told you confess is a testimony unto people, but not unto God, because unto God you are who you are. You come naked before Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, say, Lord, I am weak, but I know. In you, I am strong. Therefore, perfect my strength. In the name of Jesus. Lord, my spiritual eyes are not open. But I know you promised me that you have given me eyes to see. Therefore, I pray, O Lord, that you open the eyes of my spirit. In the name of Jesus. Father, the giants are all around me. Things are tough, but I know that your word tells me I am more than conquerors through Christ. Therefore, I confess and declare, through Christ, I am a victor. And God is with me, therefore, I shall prosper. And those giants I see today, I will see no more in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God said to the people, Moses said to the people, that service the of the Egyptian you see. So they saw them. He didn't tell them Egypt is not there. He said Egypt is coming, but is the last time you will see them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to pray for people right now on live, on the stream. I want you to put your hands on your head right now and I'm going to pray for you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, grace be imparted. Grace be imparted right now in the name of Jesus. God is delivering you in Jesus' name from the Spirit that you, that you have to pretend. God is taking away the spirit that is controlling you and that you know deep inside of you, you don't have joy, but you are pretending. God is replacing it with a true spirit of joy in the name of Jesus. God is giving you grace. God is visiting you right now in Jesus' name. Receive in the name of Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. Oh, oh, I see somebody in my spirit that is very down. You have fought against the beast, and you feel like the beast is overcoming. But God is telling me to tell you, is there anything too hard for me? And God is raising up a generation of people, and God is raising you up right now. And God is giving you the strength and the grace so that you may see his grace. So that you may see his grace and see what he has done in your life. Right now, the Lord is coming and blessing you with peace in the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the Lord God almighty is blessing you. The Lord God almighty is blessing you. Right now, receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace.